Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I'm No Expert, the weekly beer show out of Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Chris, and you can follow the show by going to noexpertshow.com. That's our website. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at at no expert show on facebook facebook.com slash no expert show and you can support us now on our patreon go to patreon.com slash no expert show oh hi chris oh hey how's it going good how are yeah. you good we, we we needed more chris for the show so i'm here it's the double chris episode it is the chris at, and the chris at, at long last i it's been a very long time you, a long time running for you yes, to be on the show this is true <laughs> How's your new year? It is good. I uh, I started off somewhere where it was about 100 degrees warmer, so that was all right. The southern hemisphere then? Uh, yes. <laughs> where were you exactly? Uh, in Melbourne, Australia, okay. uh, doing the visiting family thing, which was all right. You do that every year? N- no, I wish. Uh, every other. Okay. Um, we were there a couple years ago, and then before that it had been like eight years since we were there last so this For was a variety like a, of reasons, okay. but yeah, it was good. Uh, cousin got engaged. One of them, the other one's already married. Um, so that was cool. So you just kind of tooled around Melbourne and, and am I saying, am I saying that right? Melbourne, y- y- Melbourne, Melbourne. You can't have that E. They'll spot you. They'll oh know, yeah. They'll know, know that fraud. Well, I am a fraud because uh, right. I'm from Indiana <laughs> and that's how I say a city in your country. Fair enough. Um, so this week's theme I don't have a theme for this week. It's fine. I was going to ask, but you didn't say anything. And I said, hey, that's all right. I'll drink beer anyways. I don't need a theme for uh, beer drinking and tasting. Uh, yeah, so our, our theme is just a grab bag. Sure. You know, go into a nice store and get three different beers that looked interesting. And that's it. That's all we're going to do. That's our, that's our theme I guess. Did you bring drink any beer in, in uh, Melbourne? Yes, I did, actually. I made it a goal to try and uh, sample their craft beer scene there as much as I could, um, since it's been something that I've picked up and enjoy quite, quite a lot. Um, but it's interesting down there. First of all, all the alcohol is way more expensive. They tax it a lot heavier there than they do here, um, with the exception of a lot of wine because they make a lot of wine there oh so okay um the wine is plentiful however i'm not a wine drinker i prefer my beer and uh yeah so i tried to sample their scene there and um but it was interesting i was talking to my cousin's husband about it uh one of the first nights we were there and uh a lot of the i mean it a lot of the craft beer scene there like these you know these little you know breweries will start up and it's not like if it's it's not like so, you know. For example, Three Floyds has become almost a, has a cult following with right. a lot of people, especially yeah, um, in Indiana. Especially. Yeah, especially in Indiana, um, people know their beer is good. In Australia, you don't. It won't. A beer won't be popular by people. It'll just like a a, a the big boys at the brewer, big breweries will go out and and they like the beer and they'll just go snatch up and buy these you know little microbreweries almost right away. Interesting. So it's not. There's there's it's a not, craft scene, it's, but it's it's there's a craft scene, but it's not really what a lot of people would I think would consider a craft. You know, these independent little small breweries. That's just some dudes making beer because they love doing that. But it's still, but it's like a if if for instance, uh, Anheuser Busch decides to buy Three Floyds, right? It's similar to that. It's so it's good and bad. Mm-hmm. I I didn't I. 
I was I was a little there's there's not as much variety as we have here in the states. I don't think it's it's a movement that's really that's got a lot of traction there. Um, but because of you know everything we just talked about, you know it 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 helps and hurts it. I think it helps because they've got you know big companies with lots of money that can you know throw it at this at this small brewer to help you know like investors it. and, and yeah right, right. you know it gets marketed really well. They can distribute it everywhere very easily because they've not, got an existing network. Yeah, but they're not working independently. Yeah, they're still under the umbrella of somebody. It's eventually dictating the shots. If they try to want to do something really, really out there, they're not going to have that right. they don't creative have the ability. Yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, but you know, it was, it was good. I had a lot of, I had a lot of really cool stuff down there. It's, it's nice because I, I think at least in the States, you know, that craft beer, at least in my opinion, to my knowledge, which is incredibly limited, um, was really, I, I think if you think about it, it was kind of really IPA driven and, and that was, a lot of you know there was the craft beer scene before but like ipas were such a big thing like mm-hmm. in the past you know few years they just and they rocketed you know some of these breweries uh to the top yeah with whatever and there the ipas aren't a huge thing mm-hmm. so you had a lot more different variety in in beers which was good yeah it was cool to see yeah um yeah i mean i think the we talked about the ipa phenomenon on the show before and mm. I still think it's it's still probably becoming one of the most like recognizable styles of alternative styles than a traditional like American style lager. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree. So yeah. a lot of people know what that kind of style is. Sure. Now did you see you know, you can now walk into a liquor store here and you can probably see almost every single different style from Belgians to Saisons to farmhouse to lagers to ales to brown ales to red ales to stouts to porters to double chocolate stouts to sure. oatmeal stouts. Like you have you can see a wide variety. Is it yeah. that still kind of the same thing there or uh, are they? Yeah. No, it's uh, there's a there's a really good variety. Um, so it was, you know, it's summer down there right now. Um, so there was a lot, you know, you wouldn't have some of the really dark and heavy stuff that you might have, like we've got now, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, the seasonal stuff because it's winter. Um, and their winters there's, you know, 50 degrees. So it's not Not, like here. Not horrible. Not as nice as here. Uh. Um, (laughs) but yeah, no. So, you know, it's a lot of, there's a lot more, um, lighter stuff than okay. heavier stuff but that was more seasonal thing but but yeah still... i think that was a lot of the seasonal stuff too but you don't get the you don't get the fruity seasonal stuff that we do up here uh at least for summer you know summers for example at the i, I don't know if it matters that i name it the the business at which i work um you know every every i mean it was even earlier last spring but you know like in, at the end of february my beer reps are going to be going Hey, you know, Lion Google Summer Shandy's coming out. Yeah. I'm like, dude, it's February still. Right. It's cold. Well, I mean, but you know, it, it's it's like and you work at you work at a restaurant. Yes. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean they they will start marketing stuff for way in advance for seasonal stuff yeah. because the restaurants are the ones who are going to buy it and then they're eventually going to get them to when it is april that's when you're actually going to get the right. delivery of that well no they offered it for delivery oh in february like then oh well and i was kind of like uh, all right well, well you i know, mean if they have it they have own. it yeah maybe some people want to want to pretend it, that it's summer so they will just drink yeah. a summer shandy in the middle of february but at any rate i guess my point was uh you know we, we 
I, I was especially noticing a lot, you know, this last summer, there's, there was, you know, there's a lot of the fruit is the thing that got mixed around a lot, you know, with the shandies and everything, at least, uh, that's what I was seeing a lot of marketing stuff being thrown my way at, uh, was, was these shandies. So they don't, they don't really do that over there. It's not, it's interesting because it, well, there wasn't a necessarily just a type. There were just a lot of types, which was kind of cool. Oh, hmm. um, good. You know, there was a lot of variety. Yeah. So it was enjoyable. Well, um, I guess seasonally today, at least an indie today, it is unusually warm. Yes. Uh, rainy, but not anywhere close to what January should be. Yes. So this kind, this beer, this first beer kind of goes along with that. This is uh, Sophie by Goose Island out of Illinois. It's a Saison slash farmhouse ale style. It's got an ABV of about 6.5, and it's available all year round. So you can usually get it. All the time. Yeah. So, might as well. Uh, cheers. Yeah. Do the awkward mic around, mic reach around cheers. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know. That's okay. Um, why don't you uh, taste taste it and let me know what you think initially. That's good. Yeah. You're, you know, I'm no expert. See, I can plug you, this. Oh, I've, been there waiting. You go. I've been waiting You're for waiting that, for that the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, since you started doing the show. Uh, no, that's, uh, I really like that. I've not had many, I guess, beers of that type. This Saison slash yes. farmhouse. I'd try and say the first word. Saison. But then you have to do a lot of editing. What? I don't want to make you. Wait, you can't say Saison? Saison. Yeah, you got okay, it. Okay, that was easier than I I mean, thought. if you look at the word. <laughs> it makes sense. It looks like it sounds. No. No? Oh. It's S A I. I have to look. S A I S O N. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, for me, it doesn't look like what it sounds like. But sure. Um. Yeah this this one for me is a nice sort of lighter, but it's got a lot of like citrus notes going into mm, it. it yeah, it's a definitely. little like white winey. Yeah, I'm I getting picked, those kind of tannin on... flavors picked up on that yeah um it's is an 80 percent belgian style ale and then a 20 percent belgian style ale aged in wine barrels that would explain with the citrus taste. that makes that makes sense yeah that's so, good though and this is goose island huh? this is goose island so they're makers of most famously right now 312 oh yeah 312 is known most people know yeah. it immediately Everybody. um their biggest one happened. They released their Bourbon County Bourbon Arrow, ba- Bourbon Barrel Aged uh, Ale, which I got a bottle of, and that's probably Ooh. one of their top, top uh, most famous beers. Yeah, hundred hundred percent on Beer Advocate. I think was the score for that particular oh, wow. beer. This one's like a ninety-two or something, but this one is just really, really nice because it's so. It's got a lot of depth going on with it. Yeah. But it's still so nice and refreshing, and you could, you know, drink a couple pints of this and not feel like you're, yeah, yeah, exactly, no. yeah. It's uh, yeah, I like I I like Goose Island stuff. I mean, three one two is a standard wheat wheat beer. Yeah. Um, there was a while that we were getting uh, through a, a friend. We were getting uh, who works at a at a liquor store. We were getting uh, what are they five or six barrel kegs? Uh, mm-hmm. the, I mean, they're the little small well, ones. Kegs, yeah. yeah, but we were getting those, which it's like forty to fifty beers per keg, like forty to fifty pints. 
per keg. I'm not. I'm not sure on the. I'll, I'll but at any rate, I'll, I'm at up. any rate, we were we were getting those for thirty dollars, <laughs> which was great, and it was the uh, Hunker Hunker's Ale, which is pretty good. I enjoyed that one. One pony keg equals about twenty nine liters, and twenty nine liters converted to imperial pint is 51 imperial pints ah, there you go so yeah that was a great deal and we didn't mind that and we just was able to get a uh, one of those little like red bull coolers you see at the gas stations that look like the can and you convert it into a little keg reader i well i didn't i really didn't have to do anything because the keg fits perfectly inside of it <laughs> And it sat out on my porch, despite it being summer. And, uh, you know, we just had the little pump handle tap thingy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that, but that fit perfectly with the way the door was like hinged on it, the top mm, door for the fridge. I see. And it was great. That's, I mean, I, I wish that more places offered a pony keg like that. Mm. To be able to go in and for like large get-togethers, oh yeah, it be was... able to like buy pony cake. I mean, that would be good, great, if, you know, because you don't want to get a huge, you know, huge keg if you're gonna be buying something like, let's say you want to get a, a keg of Sophie. That'd be wicked expensive. Oh yeah, for a large one, it's and maybe not expensive. every. It's that you don't want to have to put in the money into something like that. Right. So I was, you know, it'd be great if you could like. Get like a tiny pony keg, and maybe they give you like a refrigerator unit sort of thing that yeah, you just little, like roll into. You little, could rent well, it for hey, a don't, party. Don't and sh- this is a possible business idea. We I know, like right? Away this good advice. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no, that'd be great. You know, get a little kegerator. Uh, One, you know, you put built-in CO two lines. You have, you know, at the very top, just looks like a refrigerator. You throw your keg in yeah. there. I know they make those things that just look like mini fridges that you would put a right. pony keg in. But yeah, I, you know, I've thought we've. We've my roommate and I have. I mean, we had the discussion of, is it worth it buying or building, you know, converting an old mini fridge into a kegerator? And we thought mm-hmm. about it, but, I mean, I'd like to. If I, if I lived, if I lived with like four people instead of two, yeah. I'd definitely do it because it's great. You all chip in to buy this beer, and this is and there. it's way cheaper, and it's there, and it's cold, and it's on draft, and you can get some decent stuff. You know, I was I was gonna you, you had mentioned. Uh, the beer advocate um, with that other Goose Island beer. It's really cool. The local liquor store for me has started uh, labeling all of their, you know, craft beers and everything. Oh yeah. With a little placard that's got the beer advocate advocate store mm -hmm. uh, score on it and uh, has a description of it, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Because, you know, know, anybody can walk in there and, and learn about it yeah. and, and make an informed purchase, yeah. which I, I do and I don't like because I love, I love going in and just grabbing something. And then just and taking it home and, and then Maybe I'll it. love it. Maybe I'll hate it. But, you know, that's fun. That's the, that's the chance you take when yeah. you just go in and grab it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I would ever want, a, like, a kegerator in my own house just because I would never want to, like, make the commitment to – buy an even a pony keg of something of one beer of one yeah. beer because i i want to try so many different ones that i'm always like yeah i'd rather buy a, a six six bombers of six different beers than one pony keg sure, sure so 
you know, it's it's an interesting thing that I think a lot more. It seems like such a kind of I don't want to say like collegey thing to do to go and buy a keg for. Oh no! Some I kind of party, would, but I think that would accurately describe it. But I it mean, is. if you, I mean, it's more common in college, right? College. But I mean, but if you would say, if you would ha- have, if you're buying a case of wine, let's say you're having a fancy dinner party and sure. you buy a case of wine, let's say you buy twelve bottles of wine, right? It's kind of equivalent to you know maybe you just like buy a pony keg and right. you have that instead of having wine, or you have that instead of having a, you know a wet bar or something like that sure well and the nice thing about the pony kegs too is you know you you don't you're not i mean you're limiting yourself to yes you're gonna have that one beer on draft but i mean it'll you've got plenty of time to drink it too yeah it's the nice thing so if it's something that you particularly enjoy you know a lot i'd think about doing it yeah you know maybe someday when i'm rich and famous and have the money (laughs) to throw at something like that there you go but then i can just get multiples right so i have multiple kegs and a walk-in refrigerator and yep have 30 taps in your home. <laughs> Is that that'd a little be, extravagant? That would be a cool man cave. That would be all right. Like have a like a giant walk-in refrigerator just with like all these pony kegs all lined up and then... I, my future wife may have things to say about that. Mm. But then again, if I've got enough money to do that, I've probably got enough money to keep her happy too. There you go. Life lessons <laughs> here on are. No Expert Show. <laughs> All right, so we're going to sip a little bit more of this beer, but ten- take a break in the meantime and then come back with our second brew. So we'll be right back. The team that was in the Super Bowl last year mm-hmm. probably won't be going to the Super Bowl this year. Ah, oh, bummer. Which is good. Hopefully the Colts go. They're from Indianapolis, and we're from Indianapolis. Are. We are. It's the uh, Welcome Back to No Expert show. And that's how you do a cold open, Chris. Didn't even tell me, did you? Nope. That's how I get that's to right. it. I'm not too upset. It went smoothly. It was smooth, I think. I think it'd be cool to have the Super Bowl here again. Did you go to any of the f- festivities? I, I know didn't. you're not a sports ball fan. I'm not. I really did not uh, go downtown to the Super Bowl Village. Yes. And the um correct. What else was there? I don't remember. The actual game? Did not. I didn't. I mean, if you have a lot of money and you can buy tickets for how the much game. Are, like, okay, let's, how much would be tickets to go to the Super Bowl if it would be, like, let's say nosebleeds? Let's I think say, it's still, like, a couple thousand. I'm really? not sure. I'm I'm uh, I'm no expert on that either. Um, okay. I've just gotten into the whole football thing over the past few years. I cannot believe it would be a couple thousand dollars even to go in the nosebleeds to go see the Super Bowl. I, it may be. I could be wrong. I guess we'll have an answer here shortly. At any rate, I so I started getting into football when the Super Bowl was here because that would have been my freshman year. No, of college. I don't remember. Oops. At any rate, um, I had a girlfriend at the time who was doing a co-op for Rolls-Royce, mm. and uh, she lived and worked for them out in Plainfield. However, they have a office, or did, I don't know if they're still there, that was right next to Lucas Oil Stadium, and her being an employee had free parking. 
for oh, the parking garage so next she... to Lucas Oil Stadium. Mm. So mm. Um, that was cool. We went down a bunch with various friends to uh, just kind of experience the festivities because it had was completely new to me they just shut down half of downtown yeah basically. they shut down half of downtown it, they got rid of any open container policies so you could just get drinks anywhere and you just walk around you know whatever and uh it was a lot of fun it was crowded at times but you know they had like the whole you know the whole thing's like a week before the super bowl yeah but they had all these free concerts you know just in the streets with the you know stages and everybody was really nice which was actually not, I shouldn't say surprising. That makes Indianapolis sound bad. Indianapolis is generally full of yeah. a lot of very nice people. Um, but it was cool. It was, it was definitely like a, an experience. It was just like a big week-long party about, yeah. about football. Pretty much. Um, but it did, you didn't have to like football to go and enjoy it, which was nice. Right. Um, so if you want to go to uh, the Super Bowl Media Day, which is actually in Arizona. Nope. Uh, it's only $54, 170 Uh tickets left. If you would love to go to the Super Bowl, which I guess is in Arizona this year. I think so. Yeah. It says, I should know this, but it says University of Phoenix stadium. That sounds like it would be in Arizona. Okay. Uh, prices from $2,157.95. Only 5,639 tickets left. That's a lot. You've got till the 1st of February. Uh, parking passes are only a low, low price of $89. Man, I do. I would, uh, that's that's walk. surprising. <laughs> I'll that's, walk from here. That's surprising because that feels like a lot of money for one particular event. And I think Ticketmaster only has resale tickets too. Oh, $2,000, $2,000, $2,000. Because I'd be surprised if there were 5,000 tickets for the actual game left. That seems... The game's in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one, I'm looking at the stadium layout. There's this one that's literally section 419, the very, very top section. Four options available starting at $3,000. No, thank you. Uh, if you want to be anywhere close, you're looking about four and a half to five thousand dollars. Yeah, that sounds tickets about right. still available. If you wanted some resellers, well, maybe I'll go play the lottery after we're done with the show. What's I mean? I don't know. What's is there like a prime, except for being like in a box, which is around ten to thirteen thousand. Oh yeah, I've, I've got that. That's probably like under the seat in my car. I guess what is it? It's the fifty yard line that's supposed to be like the prime time. Yeah, you can. You've got a good view of both end zones and every. Well, all the action evenly. Eight, you're in the middle. Eight and a half to nine and a half thousand dollars. Wow. For a fifty yard line exclusive. Ooh. Exclusive pass. Are they giving me a massage while I watch the game at that price? No, that's it. Oh, that's it. That's just for your included. chair. That's a bummer. No. It was actually pretty cool. I went to my first Colts game. Um, the boss took us and a few other uh, fellow managers, which was a blast because we're all big Colts fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd just never been to Lucas Oil. And I'm going to spin this around and bring it back to beer. Ooh, okay. Ooh, yeah. I know, right? We're, we're going to be relatively on topic here. <laughs> um, I was they, – they had some craft beers mm. there. And I had the same experience at the Indianapolis 500. Um, even, which I thought was cool that, you know, these, that, that they recognize the demand and are, are bringing it for the people. Yeah. And it was actually a longer line, the particular place that, that had the craft beers that it was for the, you know, albeit I was paying like $14 a beer, but, but it was better, much, much better. Than, 
some things that end in light. Yes. <laughs> that I would pay $8 yes. for. Yes. So, not going to use those. <laughs> do not say those names on yes. this show. Um, but no, it was cool. And I was at, when I was at the Indianapolis 500 last year, last May, uh, there was a just, it was really random. It was in the middle of like the part of the infield uh, by like the uh, museum oval road. No, it was by like the, 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 road course part of the track oh okay road course like in no man's land like where nothing is basically well, on the infield it, it kind of it was over i guess it, it was kind of kind of over by the snake pit oh okay at any rate um so i you know i'm walking along and all of a sudden there's this big old trailer with a bunch of tap handles on it and i was curious and went to investigate and uh it was all craft beer hmm. which was cool and, you know, like Flat 12 did something with uh, one of the IndyCar drivers. They did like a special, oh, I, and I can't remember what it was called, but they did a, they did a special brew for, for, for the 500, for the yeah. 500 hmm. um, which I thought was neat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was super shocked and they had like a good 20 beers on draft. Huh. Nice. I mean, that's the cool thing about Indianapolis now is that we're becoming as an Indian in general we're being rated very very highly on our craft how many craft brewers we actually have yeah. in the state and with in Indianapolis i mean we're becoming like the beer state yes craft beer state essentially with yeah. the amount of small breweries and the amount of like support that the entire community is giving around all these small breweries yeah it's it's something that i found really interesting i follow this account on twitter um called indiana on tap Mm -hmm. which is i don't know if you've heard of them at all um they followed me randomly this is how i started following them i had tweeted something maybe at night in which perhaps i had a few too many (laughs) to drink had tweeted something along the lines of beer is great and was greeted the next morning by a uh notification on my phone that indiana on tap had followed me Hmm. And favorited that tweet, which was weird, but fine. And so I started checking them out, though. And, you know, they do a lot of articles and stuff covering different beer things around Indiana. And, uh, you know, it's it's crazy. I mean, there's almost like, there has, you know, obviously not. But it feels like there's a new brewery opening every day. Yeah. Which is cool. Or like some event that a brewery is putting on. Yeah. Or some new special edition brew that a, a brewery is putting out. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, there's so much news that just happens year round in indie yeah. behind craft brewers and it's really really interesting and well, it's and you know we're in a we're in a great place kind of uh indiana's very centrally located mm-hmm. um to a lot of things and it's uh i think that helps because you know i've i've seen even you know i had a couple friends who went to California over break and they were talking about, they had heard people talking about like three Floyds over there. Yeah. Which is crazy. You know, this little podunk Indiana brewery. (laughs) I know they're not that way, you know, now and you know, fairly rightly so. Um, but you know, that's cool. Yeah. Cause it used to be, you know, you'd never hear Indiana mentioned anywhere. Indiana was like famous for nothing. Well, Indianapolis 500. (laughs) Yeah. And the Indy 500 and having the Colts once upon a time, having the Colts. Yeah. That was, you know, so I mean it's there's it's an interesting kind of shift that yes. you're seeing because yeah. you have it's not the the craft beer 
movement, I guess, yeah. or revolution, uh, that's, that's if you want to be that's, like that. Yeah. It's just sort of, it, it, there seems to be culminating a lot. It's accelerating in Indianapolis, especially. Yeah. I don't want to say it, it was ever started in Indy. I don't want to say we're the best. It's accelerating really, really quickly beyond most people's perceived perception of, of how fast something like some these small businesses businesses can actually grow oh yeah absolutely because it is a business still i mean it is right. still you know putting up a laundromat or starting a taxi company i mean starting a craft brewery is exactly the same as any other business and you're you're now seeing it being a viable option for people in indy to start a craft brewer or work for a craft brewer or craft breweries to work together yeah. And make money and be really, really, really successful. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's cool. It's yeah. neat. Uh, you know, I, I, I love that it's become such a thing. And even, you know, at the restaurant I work at, you know, it's, I've been, we, we started carrying, uh, like, uh, uh, people's brewery, uh, just because, you know, I was getting so many requests for it mm-hmm. day in and day out. I was like, yeah, you know, why not? Why not? Uh, you guys want it? Oh, I'll do that. Um, means I can have one or two every once in a while too. There you go. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's cool. It's nice to have people not just coming in and getting the big name things. Cause it's kind of boring. Yeah. You know, it is boring. It's boring. It is yeah. boring. <laughs> I'll so, agree with you on that. So, uh, moving on to our next beer, uh, we have one from rogue ales out of Oregon. Um, this is Mom Hefeweizen. It is a Hefeweizen. I will not try and say that one. It is a 4.8 ABV available on a rotating basis during the year. So we can, uh, cheers. Yeah. There we go. You're on the microphone. <laughs> you, you first this oh, time. Oh, me we'll first? Have, yeah. Okay. We'll yeah. have you first. Smells good, though. So I'm cheating because I'm looking at the flavors. Well, I'm looking. It's a, it's it's brewed with rose petals. Oh, I was gonna say, wait, don't don't do it. I'll do it first, and we'll see how close I can get. But I probably wouldn't have been able to get that. We'll see. Because it's and it's if you if you try it and taste it, it's not going to be that obvious. And it's I'm, not, but it, that's really good. Yeah, it's a it's nice. It's not similar to i think color wise were a little bit darker than sophie was sure but still the same clarity yeah as sophie um this one i'm getting a lot of earthiness yeah it reminds me of uh i maybe i would have gotten the rose part it reminds me on the on the flight to and from australia uh you know over break they gave the the first thing i come around with is these uh, it was like a rose water type okay thing. and it definitely reminds me of that you get a little rose water but it's good yeah i'm not usually a fan of sweeter beers no i don't but i don't think that's sweet i don't think it's means. sweeter i think that sophie has more sweet characteristics than this one does and i think this one would be sweeter if it didn't have rose petals maybe in it because i think there's a lot there's a the the earthiness is sort of cutting a yeah. sweetness, I think. Oh yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, that's that's good. That's different too. I don't know that I've had anything like that. I have a bison. 
as a style, particularly. Mm. Is that commonly brewed with the floral notes, or is that a? Um, is that just it unique to this? Can be. Um, I'm going to read your description. So, um, Hefeweizen or a German style of wheat beer um, or Weiss beer, typically fifty-fifty or um, even higher wheat and yeast um, are going to partake. You're going to get like banana esters. You're going to get cloves, maybe like a tartness happening, maybe some like appley fruitness happening a little bit, not a lot of bitterness and usually a moderate to low level of alcohol. Um, the hefe or H E F a prefix means with yeast, hmm. um, which most of the time, a lot of hefeweizens are cloudy. Um, this is not, which is interesting. So it's, they took a, a hefeweizen and they probably must have had to filter it if they were brewing it with rose petals they probably couldn't leave that in there sure without having bits of rose in the beer floating around which is kind of would be kind of gross i think just a little bit um yeah so I, for this I, it's a kind of an interesting departure for a hefeweizen um, it's doesn't, it's, I get similar notes to a traditional Hefeweizen in this, but not, but it's a little too much of a departure from the style for me to really say that they can classify it even as a Hefeweizen. Sure. I mean, as, as a final product now process yeah. wise, who knows, right. Maybe they were being true to a Hefeweizen process, but at the very end, if your product doesn't match the process and you're going to classify it as something then a little shady not a little shady just maybe mislabeled well yeah i mean i don't mean like oh you're a terrible company or brewery person whatever you lied to me i just mean it's kind of weird yeah it is weird it's weird it's weird how they would and it's almost like a lot of craft beers have to and I, I, you kind of do because process-wise will dictate the style of beer that you classify it as. Sure. But there, there's so many of like departures. It's almost we need to think of a new vernacular for beers now. Yeah. And you can say beer in general, umbrella topic. Right. But you've got things like lagers, ales, brown ales, red ales, uh, porters, stouts. Hefeweizens, Belgians, wheat beers. So then do we need to start thinking of even more kind of like subtopics within those? So it's like a, or like a cross pollination. So it's like a, like an amber ale with a fruit beer or something. Or I think that would be a porter that is more of a red ale in the middle. But I think that would be new phrases. I think that would be better than. Having other option just because just like if I, if you were to go up to, you know, 99% of the people on the street probably and say, Oh, I've got this Hefeweizen. I said it or I just said it. You you did it. I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to say, yeah, I have no idea what it is. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably a good case of simple is best, Mm. but you know, you still, I mean, you still would have to classify it as something. I feel like you can't just even like 
even like IPA, which sure. a lot of people know IPA. Yeah. India Pale Ale. I mean, it's or an Imperial Pale Ale, or those that kind of that acronym is like technically the style, but the most people know of it and can relate to it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. But even in in the realm of IPAs, there's. I, the other day, I had a star, strong dark IPA, which was had I, had bitterness notes like an IPA. Yeah. But if you would set that down in front of somebody and say this is an IPA, and they would look at it and they'd be like, "No, it's not." Yeah. Because I've had Two Hearted, and I've had um, what's another one that most people I've had Optimum, or I've had sure another, you know, or I've had Osiris. Right. From Sun King, for instance. And they, they look at it and they're like, that is not an IPA. Yeah. And I was like, well, they they classify it as a dark IPA. And they're like, no, no, not so I've much. Been, you said Sun King. I've been enjoying just, I, I don't know why. I've, I went on a, oh, like a two-week spree where I had Weemac mm-hmm. just about every day. <laughs> and that was fine. I love that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's good. Like even I went to, uh, for, for local Indianapolis folks, I went to uh, St. Elmo. This was before uh, Christmas. Went to St. Elmo's for dinner with the uh, girlfriend. And, uh, you know, they've got a ridiculously fancy and very expensive cocktail menu with uh, a lot of stuff I had never even heard of or never would even dream of coming up with. Like like, fancy bitters and fancy mixology happening there. and You know, I think it was probably just somebody took a lot of drugs <laughs> or had a lot of the ingredients and then we and, went and, and wrote down and wrote down their the menu. cocktail menu, yeah. But at any rate, you know, and, and eventually I get to the, you know, beers page and, uh, you know, they've of course they've too, they've got, you know, the $6 million bottles of wine and whatnot super fancy champagne right. and bottle service of vodka or yeah, yeah whatever whatever you want they'll do it at a high price but it's worth it yeah. um, but you know at any rate i get to the beers page and there's we mac i was like yes please yeah <laughs> and same deal we were down there in indy um for my girlfriend's cousin's birthday um we were uh we were staying downtown because we went about the town that night and uh i had it a couple places we went out that night too I was like, oh, you've got Wemac? Yeah, all right. Yep. <laughs> Stick to what you know, yeah. what you love. And, I mean, what's interesting about the the whole fancy restaurant thing is I was on a business trip recently, and we went to a couple, you know, fancier, higher-end places. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, you go to a fancy steakhouse, and, of course, they have their wine book. It's literally a book that they said in menu, yeah, wine book. It's... Ignore that because I'm never ever affording anything in there right sure. now. Um, See, that I like that optimism right now. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they have their, their cocktail menu, which is, you know, normally they're featured cocktails, but they can usually make you traditional style cocktails. So if you want like an old fashioned or Manhattan right. or some martini or something, whatever, they can do that kind of stuff. But it's interesting how their beer list is just these places. It's just growing. It's, yeah. It is is becoming a larger section because it they they have to be able to cater to these this right, audience that there's there are these people coming in and requesting something. And what's interesting is that the prices aren't inflating as much as 
everything else, right? Yeah. Because you can't say you can't take because people are so familiar with it, they can't take a Wii Mac and make even it. if it's St. Elmo's and say, "Oh, it's going to be you know fifteen dollars for that right. pint of Wii Mac," and you're going to look at them like, mm, <laughs> "No, no it's not." Yeah, where they could take a Manhattan or something and say it's going to be fifteen dollars for this mixed sure. cocktail, and your people will be like, "Fine." Well, and that's even something at the uh, restaurant I work at. That's even something you know I've encountered is, uh, you know, I was I was talking about it earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, I've gotten I've gotten these. You know, we do so we do this 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 place. We've got a we've got a really a pretty pretty sizable bottled selection. Um, it's a lot of regular stuff. You know, we've got the light beers and things like that this is on a college campus if that gives right. you any idea of, of, of our market <laughs> um but so you know we've got all the the regular staples you know and we've got the 312 and the blue moon and heineken and corona and but like guinness, guinness, and guinness yeah and all yeah. you know all that all that stuff um but yeah you know over the over the past year i'm just i'm having more and more people well what about this what about this kind of beer not necessarily a, a specific one mm-hmm but, but there have been a lot of specific ones. There's a lot of demand for the uh, People's Brewery, which gives away my location. I'm up at Purdue University in Lafayette. That's fine. There I you go. That's fine. I don't mind people knowing that much. Good luck finding me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's, uh, you know, we, we can't, and I, I can't charge it. You know, it costs a bit, a lot more than the other beers that we get through, you know, some of our distributors, mm-hmm. especially when we hit volume uh, price breaks and stuff like that when we order. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm still, it's it, the amount of people that'll come out and are willing to spend more for less for a, a more, more money for less beer, but it's a lot higher of a quality mm-hmm. as has been a trend that is continuously increasing. I don't know if I want to say more for less. I think it's, they're going to spend more money for, let's say they get a 12 ounce bottle. Sure. Right, they get a twelve ounce bottle, something for Peoples. They get a twelve ounce bottle from something from uh, a Budweiser, Ambev uh, affiliate. Same amount of liquid yeah, in the particular. I bottles. guess, uh, yeah, I guess, right? I guess they're apt to buy less. It, like, I, I guess I mean this from right. from the. It's a college town, so people are you know like Friday night, okay, Saturday yep. night. You're going out, going out to go drink. Yeah, that's your that's your goal. That's is your you're goal. Going to drink. Yeah. Um, or, you know, and you're going out with friends or whatever. Um, it's not, I guess, a, that, that was a, a poor way to put it. It is the same. You're going out with the same amount, but people are willing to spend more money for a higher quality. Yeah. Which I, I could have left off part of that. I, th- I, I agree. I totally agree that people are now moving towards in beer specifically. It is not a throw under the table. It is not the bottom of the barrel, like, beverage now when you you, right. you talk about liquor beer and wine is the big three stylistic of of alcohols that are served in everywhere right well and especially especially you know we were just talking about it you know in the in the especially in you know the restaurants and especially the higher class you know i say higher class just more fancier, expensive more expensive fancier, fancier, yeah. <laughs> fancier is one nice way to put it yeah more expensive is also very accurate <laughs> um but you know they you know they're Places like steakhouses have always commonly been known to have a really great wine selection. Mm-hmm. And uh, now there's a big demand from their audience to have a big beer selection of yeah. these local and craft brews. And I think that's neat. 
It's interesting. It's new. Yeah. It's new and I don't know if a lot of places are are able to keep up because I think that the knowledge of of craft beers is limited in a lot of places. Sure. Unless and, they well, have it's, it's it's just hard to keep up as well. Yeah. Unless for it, people who love it. Unless unless you're you're in a place where that's what you're known for, you know, you're known sure. for having all of these taps and all right. these and brews. So of course you're going to educate your staff a lot on that. But if you're at a higher end restaurant and you have all these craft beers, you're going to be like, well, I don't know. Cause uh, I can recommend a really great red wine with your right. steak. But sure. I mean, that's what I, that's what you get when you walk in those places. Like you go in and there's, there's, you know, going back to, our definition of, you know, talking about Hefeweizen. You know, people don't yeah. know what Hefeweizens are. They don't know what they go really good paired with. They, you know, maybe don't know or have never tried anything on their craft beer menu. Sure. And I don't know why that is. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's just a rhetorical question at this point. I mean, it's it's something that I'm seeing and I don't really understand why you can't really educate i think the customer a little bit more i think it i mean it's it's a multifaceted issue mm-hmm. i think a lot of it is uh it's still pretty new yeah you know it's it's been something that's really exploded you know like we were talking about earlier over the past few years and i think also too is um the the i guess i i can't say from personal experience i i don't like wine right but I think there's, you know, A, there's a lot of people who don't like beer, who are hesitant to drink beer. Because beer was always, you know, I guess it, it could have been looked at by a lot of people as, uh, oh, well, you know, beers for the big working beer-bellied class. working class guy yeah. who just gets home from work and slams a bunch of them. Yeah. And it's not like the wine where it was, you know, for these refined people, you know, the Your upper class. Is much yeah. more. But... Yeah. But with the craft beer, it's yeah. the same thing now. Yeah, it's a it's you know it's a it's a much different game than it used to be. So I think I think that's part of it too. Is uh, I don't I'm not necessarily there's the stigma anymore, but I think a lot of people that they don't know. And again, you know, to relate to something we were talking about earlier, that's what's I think so great about the local liquor store where mm-hmm. I live, doing these you know little beer advocate snippets yeah. with the rating and a description of it. Because it's a it can educate people, people. Yeah, people don't know, and yeah. and it's not. There's very few places that I will walk into, and uh, traditional quote unquote liquor stores, <laughs> they will have craft beer sections, but but it's you're like, not going to get approached by somebody and be like, hey, you know, do you have questions about this craft beer? Let me talk to you about this one. This one's really great. I just got to give you a recommendation. There's not going to be yeah. that like one on one. So where do you get your beers? Is a is there a is it a traditional the, store or is it? Do, I do they specialize in it here here in Indy right now? I like going up to Vine and Table in Carmel. Okay, which they're known for wine, sure, and uh, fancier liquors and everything. But their craft beer selection is great because See, if if you have a if you're in with the distributors with wine. You're going to get in mm, with the are. craft beer as well yeah. because they're the base, almost but, the same people. Like we were just saying, yeah. it's be- it's becoming a very very similar game, right? Yeah. And I've had you know 
really, really interesting recommendations. Some of them good, some of them bad at sure. the same time. So, but even having a recommendation because you go cool. because you go yeah. up and you walk up to the wall of beer and you're just like, I don't even know what's going on. Right. I, don't, I don't know. I what uh, porter porter and stouts and that's a brown brown ale with with chili peppers and that's a that's an IPA mixed with bananas bananas sure. I don't know whatever I'm, yeah but I mean that's kind of what I mean you see people walk into places like that and I like going to Whole Foods every once in a while because again they they have a great craft selection as well a bunch of local stuff you see I don't I don't have a Whole Foods up up in Lafayette go to Whole I Foods. wish I wish we did it's it's great because they do bigger names but they do a bunch of local stuff as well and you go up yeah. and have and people will be like they'll like I'll see them and they just do the stare. They just stare up at right. all the bottles and are like, uh, I, it's so what's interesting. What's interesting is this, uh, the, the liquor store I go to is a chain. Like I said, you know, it's a, it's a local chain. There's uh four of them, you know, it's a college campus. So yeah. there's one in every corner for, uh, for convenience. For convenience yes. For the uh-huh. college students. So, um, but the one I go to is right in, uh, if you're familiar at all with the Purdue area, there's the kind of this Chauncey Hill area, which is where I live. It's where all the faster food joints mm-hmm. and, and sorts of stuff is. Um, and, uh, so this, this little local chain actually I've found, um, with, with the exception of going to the one that's a few minutes drive away, they've actually got the best selection at the store that is closest to mine, which, I was kind of surprised by, so I turned like, I turned 21 not super long ago. I turned mm-hmm. 21 in September, so I was able to gain access to such wonders <laughs> as the uh, the beer store. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, I uh, I uh, was really shocked that you know, so there's it's a small store, and a f- third of it is like liquor. Okay, they've got a teeny well, not, not teeny tiny. They've got a small wine section. The rest is your big name, cheap, really, really crap beers. Yeah. The Homs and Natty Light and uh Icest of Ice Beers. Okay. Yeah. And such. Uh which, you know, are stacked almost to the ceiling for certain functions. audiences to yep. enjoy and functions yep. that may occur on a college campus. Yep. And uh and they've got uh a bunch of refrigerated doors. One of just one of them, one or two of them has like big name beers in it that are cold mm-hmm. the rest is full of a lot of craft beer yeah and then there's a huge shelf behind it where they've got all the the, the beer advocate stuff i've been talking about yeah that's all bombers and and you know four or six packs of uh of craft beer and that was surprising to me because you know it's a it's a college campus and it's the store that's located amidst the you know everything yeah, amidst you know the most people, and uh, you know yet there's this. Not that I didn't expect this liquor store. Uh, you know, with with uh, a buddy of mine works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he's described the owner, you know, I was not surprised that they've got this great selection. I was just surprised this great selection was right in the heart of everything. Yeah, I would have thought it would be at one of their other bigger stores where they have more room, and where you know with the craft beer the the audience is well, I I'm willing to you know to drive there instead of walk to this other one yeah. to you know pick up pick up the beer but but, but it's there yeah. and it, in a small store especially taking yeah. up the big space it's got a big presence which yeah. I, was very surprising and very and, cool and I think and I what's most interesting 
is that that's becoming the norm. Right. That's becoming where most liquor stores are expanding their craft beer selection there and and it's going into the refrigerated selection when they can do something like that and it is taking up space of these larger big names big names and they're losing shelf space and that is becoming it's now not surprising for me because i see it everywhere now and it's and it's becoming the it is becoming the norm because you know that people will are asking about it and will buy it yeah i mean and it's cool too you know i can not only can i go into the store and get this you know craft beer and it's a two minute walk from my house but i can go in and i can get a cold six pack (laughs) of craft beer which is always better which is well especially when you maybe just got off work and like to enjoy you know a beer too um but yeah you know and why it it, i I was like that's crazy they're refrigerating you know all this Mm -hmm. craft beer but you know it it gets it gets bought. Yeah. Generally, the stuff they will put in the fridges is stuff they are low on. So, like, what what's on the shelves is what what's there. I guess that's true for most of it. Yeah. But, you know, it's cool to see how much they go through when I go in one night and then I go in the next day and it's totally different. Yeah. They change it up all the time. Yeah. Speaking of change it up, we're going to take a quick break and grab our third and final beer. And about that one so we will be right back cool. you ready freddie i'm ready no oh. Well, I mean, we're on our third beer now. Yes, we are on our third beer. Uh, This episode of I'm No Expert, where we don't have a theme. Right. It's the double Chris episode. Yes. The Chris Chris squared. The theme. Yeah. Um, So our third and final beer this evening is going to be from Lagunitas. Um, This is called Hairy Eyeball Ale. It is an American strong ale with an ABV of 9.40. So we kind of ramp, we turn that knob up a little right. bit there. Wow. Um, and it's available during the winter time. Okay. And you, during the break, you said that when you were in Australia. Yes. When I was, uh, I was in Australia visiting family and I was eager to try the craft beer scene like we talked about earlier. And uh, so, yeah, I, I was just grabbing six packs and I've, I mean, I've heard of Lagunitas before, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't really pay much attention to what I grabbed and, um. I grabbed a six pack of Lagunitas without realizing it until I had tasted a sip. I'm like, man, this is really good. And I'm looking at the, uh, the label on the bottle and I was like, brewed in California. <laughs> well, so much for my mission to try Australian <laughs> beer. They're uh, importing American stuff. Hmm. Yeah. It was, that was cool though. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Um, I mean, they've got the regular staples. Foster's. No, it's all about the Victoria Bitter over there, Ooh. or at least as my dad claims. Uh, apparently, so that that's kind of like the uh, Budweiser, I guess. Oh, but of, it's of there, of there. Okay, yeah. Foster's is just really crap. Yeah, well, uh, I mean it's a, it's the American perception of everybody in Australia just drinks Foster's. Yeah, no, that's not even, not even close. <laughs> no, there's a few, there's a few like big staples down there. There's, you got like 
James Bogue, which comes out of Tasmania, I think, which Ooh. is a little south, yeah, um, or New Zealand, one of the two. I don't, I don't remember exactly. Maybe it's out of Australia. I don't know. I just drank the beer. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And then there's this Victoria Bitter, which uh, is like a big, big staple. Sponsors everything. Right. Um. But it's it's really not too bad. It's not. To be honest. It's not just watery. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not a light beer by any means. Right. All right. So let's cheers yeah. this. Much, much darker than our yeah. previous two. Uh, American Strong Ales, most people are probably going to know from Stone, Arrogant Bastard. Yep. Um, we had one of their derivatives on the show during Thanksgiving. What What was that? Um, It was... Oh, now I'm blanking. My dad's going to be like, well, we had it on our show. It was when I had my dad on the show. Oh, that's cool. Um, I, I asked because... Uh, in the fall, I was doing some studying at the uh, Pint, which is a craft beer bar up in uh, West Lafayette. Mm-hmm. We'll give a shout out to them. Um, uh, and they had some Stone IPA that was like 11 or 12%, I think. Okay. And I didn't know this until I had two of them mm. and went to get up <laughs> and <laughs> said, <laughs> oh, yeah. that was a strong beer. <laughs> very, very strong. Lucky, lucky Bastard is what we had. Okay. Um, which was again, Lucky Bastard was even less ABV. It's an eight, an eight point nine compared to this one here. So, what do you, what did you, what do you think? Um, that's good. It's got. Uh, I almost want to say it's like a, a a pretzely flavor. Okay. Is that weird? Pretzely cereal. Like yeah. Okay. It's almost got a little bit of salt to it. Interesting. That's what made me think of that. Okay, I'm 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 getting this. I'm getting a little bitterness coming out of this. A lot of the times, when you have a strong ale, you look at it and it looks like a porter or a stout. Sure, but it's much yeah. lighter than one of those other two styles. Mouthfeel wise, this one falls into that category. I think if I hold it up to the light, it's still it's still pretty dark, but it's not motor oil. You can still see through it. Yeah. It's got a, a a very rich caramel. Ooh, we'll use a a, a big fancy mm-hmm. word here. It's it's like almost like a mahogany color. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that yeah. particular color there happening with that. Um, head retention on this one definitely higher than either of the other two. Yeah, which aids to tasting because of course you taste a lot with your nose. So the more head, the more smells, the more flavor happening. And out of bombers, especially, sometimes you can lose a lot of that head because it has been, even though it's sealed. Sure. When you open it, sometimes it, the the nature of the protein complexes it doesn't aid to keeping that head stable enough mm. for you to experience it through the whole beer. Yeah, that's uh, generally I'm not a huge fan of of darker beers, but this is this is good. Yeah. I, though I've said that about every beer. Oh, this is good. This is good. This um, is good. But it is. Yeah, I I I think I I really really like this one. It's got a little bit of like a stone fruit sweetness happening. There's a nice yeah. bitterness that cuts through. Um, it's not so so dark and so so heavy on the mouth feel that it's overwhelming. Sure. So it's something that you can easily enjoy multiple times. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think out of all three of 
the beers that we've had this evening, this is my favorite. What are your thoughts? If you had to rank them, um, I would Sophie, go Sophie, the Hefeweizen, and this one. I liked the uh, I liked the Hefeweizen. Okay. I think maybe a little bit more than this one. Okay. Um, the Sophie was good too, though. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> I I think I'd put the Sophie in last just because I am not a wine fan at all. Okay, and so it it's a little a too wine whiny taste. Whiny taste. That it. being said, if I am to absolutely have to drink wine, I don't mind white wines. Okay, so I I I could have hated it more. Yeah, but that was right up I, But that's not even fair to say because I don't really hate it. I drink it again. Yeah. Um, I drink all three of them again actually. Um, yeah, this. I one. just think that that the half of ice and I I I could have that. Again, Again, definitely. For sure, yeah. Yeah, this one, I would say I I definitely like this strong ale the best out of all three. Mm. Disappointed off the, that Hefeweizen, so no on that. And the Sophie, I'm always a big fan of the Sophie because it is always so... Um, it's a nice palate cleanser, sure. almost. Yeah, um, no, I can see where you're going. Yeah. But it's still interesting enough to hold up as a standalone. Sure beer this one i think is definitely the head and shoulders above both of those other two yeah flavor complexity wise i i do like it i i i liked that rosy taste though okay it was it was different interesting because i didn't i didn't get so much rose with that one i got earthiness happening with it but not rose i got i guess i i mean i i got the the earthiness as well i picked up on the rose a lot though. mm-hmm Okay. Um, and you know, I said earlier, I, I love my bitter beers. Um, so, you know, I like, I like this a lot for bitterness sake. Um, yeah, but yeah. I was really surprised by that half of Eisen and it was a pleasant surprise. Mm, good. Excellent. Well, um, any, any final thoughts on either of these three particular beers at all? We've already ranked them. Yeah. Which is um, always the final step, I guess. I'll have to have you text me the names because I'd like to try them again. Well, of course, the names will be I attached with the post. The show. With the yeah. show. Um, I could just use that internet thing. Yeah, that internet thing. Look it up on my handheld thingy-majig. Yeah, absolutely. You can go to noexpertshow.com, which is our website. When the post goes up, you can see all the links to the beers there. You can also follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash noexpertshow or at noexpertshow in your Twitter client of choice. Facebook.com. Yes, we're still on Facebook at facebook.com slash noexpertshow to uh, follow and like the page there. And Chris, do you know um, about about Patreon? Patreon. Patreon. I do not. Patreon is our way for you to support the show every single week. Um, so instead of doing ads on the show, I want to get your guys' support. I want to get your feedback. And with Patreon, you can do that. So patreon.com slash no expert show. You can choose to contribute, uh, 25 cents a show, a dollar an episode, uh, $5 an episode. And you will be able to help support the show every single week, which I really, really greatly appreciate all of your support on the show. Um, your subscriptions, um, your comments on tw- Facebook and Twitter, and of course your patrons. And in the future, if we get enough patrons, there's going to be extra content that I want to release with the show. Ooh. So if you like the show, 
like it on facebook follow us on twitter all those social network things that i just said uh chris do you have anything to plug do you, you do anything on the internet oh geez do i do anything on the internet you know i don't i bought a domain in my name two years ago and the only thing i've done with it is gotten billed 9.95 <laughs> each year so uh, well maybe this will be 2015 will be the year of you uh the year of change you will be making a website for something uh for something there you go we'll do that we'll make that a goal there. that's fair that's yeah. a good goal that's a good goal uh, all right, Chris, thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate have, it. Have a good evening. Thanks for listening, guys.